Love Life, featuring your hosts, Rebecca Detman and Jane Donovan. The sun shines bright as it moves across my face. I feel the light. I choose my own energetic dance. Welcome to Love Life, where we are here to dance with you today on Wednesday, Jane and I, and we are going to carry on a little bit from last week's topic, which was a full juicy hour on addiction with a topic which is not addiction, but it's something which Jane is going to show you how this thread carries on. It's very, very interesting. It's about introverts and extroverts. And it's to do with what Jane has discovered about herself off the back of letting go of her addiction. But it's also connected to a letter that a letter. Will you listen to me? Oh my God, beautiful Victorian Beck. It's connected to a technological <laughs> missive that we received <laughs> by a robot carrier pigeon oh dear who, so beautiful a lovely love life listener who has written i'd like to uh, sorry i would be fascinated to hear you your take on introverts and extroverts all the attributes and how these can present in the shadow and light side i work in a setting where extroversion is revered but this does not often sit well with me and my innate sense of being an hsp would love to hear your thoughts i can remember years ago when i worked in magazines and the girl i sat next to was totally into astrology right so she's always making comments out the corner of her mouth about bloody gemini what would you expect he's a capricorn and blah blah <laughs> and um and i remember her saying um she said oh you know the last week or so i've just been noticing how many birthdays keep happening in the advertising department and then it occurred to me they're all bloody leos look at me 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 more about me like it's just she said of course they're all in advertising and is that around august yes now because everybody that i am closest with is usually around august yeah and also april they're all the, the aries they're all the extroverts that's it that's right it. so it's it look jane's going to provide a jane's theory today oh, another one about Boo-doo. introversion and extroversion and i'm going to give a bit of vibrational talk and a bit of energetic dance as jane said in the in the affirmation but jane where do you want to begin on this topic because you are a extrovert however i made a little statement in last week's episode around addiction and giving up smoking that I feel like I am really changing, super-duper changing. I might be wrong, but time will tell. And I feel like I'm becoming an introvert and I love it. I love it. Part of stopping smoking, Beck was saying, you know, I can. she kept putting a hand on her heart and going, Jane, I can just feel that you're coming home. You're coming home to yourself. And I shared that at 15 I made a very conscious decision to capitulate and become like other teenagers, to fit in, because I thought it was just easier. But I also remember the very, at at seven years old, recognising that the world started to hurt me. That was the age that I first became aware that people weren't as sensitive as I was. And when I say sensitive, I'm saying kind, considerate, empathetic, compassionate. At 10 years old, I learnt that love equals approval. So my journey went from this neutral child from zero to seven, which I think all children are. And then at seven, I learnt, oh, I've got to change my behaviour because the world's a bit scary out there. At 10, I learnt that if I get people's approval, I'm going to be loved and feel love. So there started the extroverted... So the extrovert started at seven to stand up for myself, to stick up for myself, to not have my feelings hurt. 
The 10-year-old became more of an extrovert because that's how you get approval. The 15-year-old became more of an extrovert because that's just capitulating and fitting in with these people that I thought were just from a whole different planet. So I actually think I became a learned extrovert. So it's got to do with your HSS as well? Yes. Well, well, yes. So good point, Beck. HSS is high sensation seeking, of which 3% of the population are. And so I'm a high sensation seeking, highly sensitive person. What yeah. is that? Can you explain what that means? Okay. So the best way I can explain it for a HSP or for people is let's have a piece of A4 paper that is got a line drawn on the top about a third of the way down and it's got a line drawn on the bottom about a third of the way up. That's a bandwidth. Now that bandwidth is where non-HSP people operate. So this is where if they become overwhelmed, that's when the bandwidth, you're, you're operating right at the very top You've got too much going on. People get overwhelmed. Anybody can get overwhelmed. So that's HSP or non-HSP. When you become underwhelmed is when you're hitting the bottom bar, the bottom line. That's where things can then slip into, um, you know, depression or... um, Like lack of life force, lack of energy for life. Yes, yes. Lack of caring. So that bandwidth of, you know, we've got the line a third from the top, line third from the bottom, that's the bandwidth of what non-HSP people, which is around 80% of the population, operate from. Now, a HSP, we're going to make that bandwidth narrower. So we're going to bring the, the top line down lower and we're going to bring the bottom line up higher. So we've got a narrower bandwidth to operate from. We become overwhelmed easier and we become underwhelmed easier. So what we have to do is manage ourselves better so that we don't hit the top line and the bottom line too frequently so that we can cruise through life at our optimum level. Does that make sense, Beck? Yeah, but where's okay, the Okay, now license? the HSS, <laughs> right, so, so that's the HSP. Now, we're going to take those, that narrow bandwidth. Now, let's say that narrow bandwidth, for argument's sake, is three inches deep, okay? Yeah. We're going to move those two lines up to the top of the page, so it's still only three inches deep between overwhelmment and underwhelmment, but it's at the top of the page because the HSS requires more stimulation to be happy. Define stimulation. Sensation seeking. Yeah. That's going to be different for every person. Give me some examples of what that might translate. Stimulation for me would mean sensory stimulation. So... It would mean I need more excitement, more I need more of the higher, the highest emotions. I need the joy, the excitement, the sparkle, the the anticipation, the nerves, the adrenaline. So Adrenaline's probably a good one. What have you found in life that you can consistently do to deliver those sorts of feelings? Oh, easy be an entertainer. <laughs> that way on top of that you get all the love and approval because I had the distorted love language love statement so high sensation seeking people get bored very easy so they need new things new whatever it is new relationships new friendships new experiences new careers new opportunities new whatever new clothes new homes new holidays new places whatever it is it's going to be different for every person but they need they need, they get bored very very easy. Okay. So that's the shadow side's getting bored. 
that they, then they've got to manage it within a tighter bandwidth that they can get bored easier than the non-HSP. And so... So what you're kind of doing here is providing a very different one possible way of looking at what we consider an extrovert personality to be. Possibly. In an extreme. I mean, it's only 3%, so it's a real extreme. Because I, I'm, I'm sure there's lots of different kinds of extroverts. There would be the sort who are just attention-getting wankers to speak non-spiritually. Absolutely. Like as in, which means they're usually deeply insecure people. Anyway, right. Well, that's the extrovert in the shadow side. Right. Now, this lovely listener gave a great uh, step in that where they said, what does it look like in the positive? What does it look like in the negative? Right. So in the shadow side, I see very arrogant very show, showy, very in-your-face, very loud, very gregarious, very charismatic, very public-type people. Well, that was me. Right. Life of the party, um, uh, always in, in your face on social media or in a room or in business or in the public eye. Um, they know everyone. They're, they're fearless in social situations. Um this isn't all shadow side stuff. A lot of this is just classic extrovert kind of definition. But it's the ones that I find that are really wanky or really arrogant or really obnoxious and slightly socially inept and they're going about it who are the ones who are the most crushingly insecure deep, deep, deep down. And it's almost like they think, um, I'm so scared of what everyone will think if they actually know the truth about me. I'm going to go over and above and beyond to get in their face to distract them first with the bells and whistles and the lights so they never actually see the true me, who is this small little boy curled up crying on the inside or little, exactly. little girl who's shy and frightened. And, and it can be tied into stuff like the parental approval, which I know Jane's had an experience of where maybe the parents always wanted this most successful child or um, pride and love equaled success and achievement or standing up in front of the, you know, the debating club or the rowers or the flute players or it's the... It's everywhere. And that's what actually this listener said was that she... I think she said she works in an arena where extroverts is a worship. Yeah. But is that not Western society? Yeah, with our, with our Hollywood you know, culture which, and our... Exactly. Our Instagram culture and that whole in-your-face sort of stuff. Absolutely. Everybody wants the confident guy, the confident girl. Yeah. It's all this fake... False stuff. And it's so disheartening whenever I speak to kids aged between, say, 9 to 17, when I do schools and private groups, and I always say to them, for example, questions like, give me some examples of strong women. And they either cannot come up with them or they'll start to talk about Victoria's Secrets models and Kim Kardashian. And I'll say, no, I don't care about their bodies and what they've achieved as models or I want to hear about their brains and their qualities. There was one girl I saw the other day. She was 13 years old and she's obsessed with martial arts. And I said to her, tell me, give me an example of a strong woman. And she couldn't do it. I said, give me an example of a strong woman in martial arts. And she couldn't do it. Wow. She hadn't even thought about it, right? Wow. Now, I'm bringing this up because, again, when I speak to teenagers, and I'll put a picture of Justin Bieber up, and I'll say, now, does he have good self-esteem or low self-esteem? It's really interesting the room gets split, but most kids think that he and Kim Kardashian have good self-esteem. Now, I would completely beg to differ. I'll say, well, how can you tell? Because he has money, because they're popular, because they're beautiful, because they're not afraid to show off their body. Right. And I say, well, that to me is the first indicator of crushing insecurity. Yes, exactly. Completely. Is wow. Kim Kardashian showing off her body to the world because she feels in this vibrational goddess purity about it or because she wants fucking Facebook likes? I think I just ranted. <laughs> I think you did. There's a rant back. Fucking hell. <laughs> okay, so. <laughs> bring it back. Bring it back. <laughs> the Right, so that's the extrovert. 
Then there's the introvert. Now, the introvert, in my experience, is usually the person that's too scared by life, of life. And so usually they fall into a couple of categories. There will be a lot of HSPs that will be introverted, but there will also be a lot of people that have had really traumatic upbringings that are introverted. But then there is also, so they're both in the negative, but then the, the introvert in the positive is the, is your is the person. <laughs> it, no, he's not introverted. He's, he's balanced. He's neither introverted nor extroverted. Oh, we're going to talk about that in a minute then. But let's okay. go back to the introvert. So the introvert in the positive is actually the person that requires nothing. Uh, what do you mean? Can just be. Okay, gotcha. Okay, so yeah, it's I, very rare, and we don't see it very often. That's why I'm, I'm grappling. And it's very rare, and and normally it's um, it's. See, I actually don't think you're introverted or extroverted. I don't think you're in the positive or the negative continually. You are all things, and I think it's a young thing or whatever that you are to experience in your whole lifetime, the full range. And be able to master when is it appropriate? When does it feel right for you to be the extrovert? When does it feel right to be the introvert? So with introverts, um, so there's something that I think an introvert is not. So if, if there's a person who really genuinely knows how to have alone time, enjoys me time. Um, well, that's what I was saying, doesn't need anything. Doesn't need attention, doesn't need space. That's something different. That's actually a form of spiritual evolution, I think. When I think of introverts, so I'm thinking of a girl um, in particular that I've known since year eight at high school, known her forever. She's a small, quiet, shy person who never raises her voice, never shows an emotion, never shows a passion, rarely laughs out loud, lives a cloistered, safe, boring, flatlined life. Because she's scared and she's sensitive. I'm not saying she's highly sensitive, but I'm saying... I don't even know that she she is is sensitive. She's just boring. (laughs) I believe that she was sensitive as a child. As a really young child, she was sensitive and she's learnt that this is the way to live life. Because I, too, have met many of those people. No, I'll tell you why she's learnt that. Because her family are like door mice. They're like these quiet, timid... Timid. Just just so timid. of... The world. Scared of the world, living in That's this what I'm tiny saying. little fear. house, lived in the same house for 30 years. She's done the same career forever. She hates it and is sick of it. She's been with the same man forever. He's not good for it. She never changes. She just is, is like in the corner. So she's totally life. in shadow. Totally. Totally in the shadow of introvert. So that's when I think of an introvert. I start to think, are they an introvert because they're naturally, if such a word exists, naturally shy? Or are they an introvert because they have a whole bunch of fucking blocked up emotional shit, exactly. which they've never dealt with because they yes. have so much survival program that says, don't do this, it equals death and danger. Don't jump out in front of people. Don't start conversations. Don't make change in life. Fear, 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 fear. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And we see so many of them because we had the, you know, the 50s Stepford family have produced a lot of these children. Did it? And the heli- the, oh, the, 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 and the, yeah. the what is it called? Um, helicopter parenting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which yeah. was so big in the 90s, has produced these children. Oh, my so we're seeing God. it in abundance. I'm seeing this at Social 8 because they, a lot of these kids are now in their late 20s. Or actually, we're seeing them from aged around. They are around mid-teens now through to early 30s. Yeah. And they are... Um, 
They are so scared of life. Now, those same children too in the that have then gone the extroverted shadow side we are, is why we are seeing so many teenage children smashed on alcohol. Like they don't drink alcohol like we did of, oh, let's have a gas and get a bit giggly. They are drinking to be written off every single night. And by written off, I mean... Well, the paralytic, that was the term, wasn't it? They're paralytic. But they're actually doing it deliberately. Whereas in my day, if somebody got paralytic on alcohol, it was an accident. It was like, oh, my God, I've had one too many. I hate this. How can I quickly tone that down, you know? Mm. Because statistics show that teens today are drinking either the same or less than teens in the past. But you're saying the way they're drinking No, what they're doing is is drinking fast. So where the teens in the past would drink, they might go out at 7 o'clock and drink until 2 in the morning. What happens now is that the teens go out... And they'll go later, but they drink intensely for a very short period of time to get to that full, numbed out, extroverted state of I'm not responsible, but I'm going to behave how I wish. Mm. Interesting. And so, again, so I don't think there is extroverted or introverted. There is, but it's not a label that you are for a lifetime. No. It is where you are at at this given time as a survival Mechanism. So I think if we're going to use the traditional terms introvert and extrovert, that I am both, and I think you would say the same thing. I am both. Because what that means is, and I'm sure a lot of people listening will say, well, this is me too. There are some situations I can go in fearlessly if I need to. And there are other situations where I really do just want to retire or curl up or not engage. Exactly. And that's beautiful. That's knowing the self and what's right for us. And this is where I think, you know, it, it is a skill to know how to be extroverted it is a skill to be acquired yes. because it is necessary in certain situations for your happiness, for your evolution, for your ability to experience the greater of whatever. And this is the, the same with the introvert. It is to know when is the time to be introverted that is, again, for you to nurture and grow and experience. You, you know, to be the introvert is the person that gets to be able to meditate easier, that gets to be able to have a beautiful sense of self, etc. So they're both such rich, beautiful qualities, but they are traits that we, they're hats we put on. Yeah. And this is what you meant in the affirmation today about the energetic dance. Yes, I choose this dance. Yeah. Where shall I be? Now I'm going to be, Beck and I are both extroverted when we are sitting recording this podcast because we are projecting energy out. And we are going, and in fact, sometimes you could look at extroverted as being a projection of energy out, introverted as the taking of energy in. That's another way of looking at it. In a higher spiritual way, perhaps. Well, just in an energetic dance of what is it? With energy. Energy in, energy out. conscious awareness, perhaps, of what one starts to be more aware of what they're doing and how they're controlling it. Um, Yeah. Yes. Yes. And so... This kind of leads into the territory of if you are very obviously one or the other, perhaps a cool thing to do would be to set yourself some little homework challenges. So if you are the full-blown extrovert, can you go out for an evening and be very, very present but not speak a lot and just listen? Well, that was one of my challenges that I actually – I had that as a New Year's resolution. Oh, I think it was probably about – I'm going to take a guess, seven years, eight years ago, where my resolution was that this year I want to listen more and speak less. But I remember one night, one very specific night, where I had a group of girls come to my shack, my little getaway, and I thought, 
I'm not going to volunteer any information about me, what I've been up to, what I'm doing, what I'm thinking, feeling. I will engage if I am asked. So these were people, these were girls. It was a girls' night. Known them for many years. Nobody asked. Nobody uh, asked. Is that a trigger for you, Jay? Well, it was a big observation. It, I, I, I did that experiment because I was ready, I was gathering evidence of social interaction that is different from the original evidence, which would have been, I'm not good enough, I'm not funny enough, I'm not nice enough, smart enough, whatever, They're not, they don't care about me, people don't love me, blah, blah, blah. That would have been my tape in my head, you know, a certain period of time before that. This particular one was an experiment around social engagement of, of people caring. Do they care? Are they connected? What does is, what is, what is everyday social interaction look like? And what did you ascertain? Well, I found that most people are, are wanting to be seen and heard. And so, therefore, they will project. And so the gift is to be able to receive that and enable them by hearing them and having them felt heard and seen so it became a really beautiful gift to be able to do so this was something I was trying to learn I think it was probably in my earlier days of my coaching practice how can I get better at it so I would do experiments like this if you are an introvert quote unquote which means the thought of having to walk into a room full of people you've never met and introduce yourself and start up small talk is like horrorsville to you I'm sure we have done podcasts about this, haven't we, about how to overcome shyness and about how to put yourself out there. And But it's fear-facing. It's about also challenging yourself. Look, logically your brain can play the whole, well, what's the worst thing could happen to me? Well, really nothing. Um, it's, usually, it's usually tuned into much deeper fears right down in the core of the body, things to do with self-worth. It's always self-worth. Not being good enough, not being liked and too scared to get any external validation that those secret fears you've got about yourself might actually be true. Well, that's the thing. And they usually are. If they are an extreme, if they... See, I don't believe shy exists. And you've, shy, you've said that before. I absolutely yeah. think that that word is a descriptive word for a type of behaviour that isn't shy. It is it's highly like, sensory. It's not like a condition you're stuck with. It's not like a, it, like Jane says, it's, it's a passing energy. It's a label it's that a label. other people give and it starts with the parent and it's the beautiful, well-meaning mother. I can't tell you how many conversations I've had with beautiful, well-meaning mothers with their child that's three or four years old saying, oh, and they're coming to a birthday party and they're hanging on to mum's hand and leg and they're saying, please don't go, please don't go. And the mother will say, oh, look, I'm sorry. Do you mind if I stay for a while? They're just very shy. And there's the label, yeah. shy. And it's like, no, they're not shy. They're sensory, very switched on. And they are taking in all this sensory stuff. And if anything, they're more attuned with the room than everybody else. I love this. They've so got the gift that nobody else has got. And they're such an old soul. Yeah. They're taking in more of everything. They yeah. actually are much more attuned than the mother and... The adults in the everybody. So I love it when people, when they come in and say they're shy, I go, no, they're not. Yeah. They're actually really, really clever. So the thing about confronting your fears, if you're a, if you're a shy, introverted person, to use the terms, um, and then going out to the crowded room or the social function or putting yourself out there on stage or an audition or whatever the thing is that you're going to push yourself out there, is if you've got a base belief, vibrationally, 
you are still going to attract in the evidence of that belief if you haven't done the work That's on the right. belief. They've so got to I, do my HSP course. That will so go a long, long way to getting you to be able to be socially engaging. So I wouldn't necessarily, for the introvert, recommend jumping out and just trying to put yourself out there because unless you've shifted the vibrational state, it could be a bit crushing. I had a lovely young man come to me the other day absolutely beside himself because he he is a very lives a very, very, very safe life, flies under the radar for years and years and years. It's given him depression. It's given him workplace, long-term niggling. In fact, interesting, both him and the other girl I described earlier both have long-term RSI in their bodies, so it must be connected resentment. to resentment, constant being held back or holding yourself back yeah. for long periods of time so usually, in life. Well, RSI is usually resentment. I think it's resentment, and they definitely need to look at parents. Yes. So he had taken one of the biggest risks he'd ever done in his whole life. He'd done Because he can never get a date past. He can never have a girl stay past a few days. Right, and he'd done one of the biggest risks he'd ever done in his life where there was a girl that he'd really hit it off with, then she'd ended it as the, his pattern with all women, but this girl was different, and he decided to go back for a second chance, and he did it, which was huge That's for him. That's massive. So Good of on course, him. what happened? He got completely rejected. Why? Because he hadn't really done the work to match up the feeling and the alignment with the action, and he had all his eggs in one basket. He wanted the outcome. I said to him, you've got you to change the way you're looking at this. You've got to look at it in terms of... It was the action that was the thing that you were challenging yourself to do. And yeah, that not you the got, outcome. You got full points on that. Yes. You did that. You broke a mould. You broke a pattern there. Forget what the outcome is. It yes. was always just about whether you could actually do it or not, jump off the cliff or not, and you've done it. Oh, these people, he was like a, he had a mountain to go though, you know, like he was over. But, you know, once they do get it, they go really fast. They do. They actually can go really fast if they choose. Yeah. But, you know, who are we to say that you're meant to be extroverted or introverted or whatever? I'm just saying that if people are unhappy in their life, you know, that get, get real. Don't say that you're shy and quiet. That's not true. If you like being shy and quiet, that's completely fine. If you don't like being shy and quiet, don't just accept it because that's not true. Right. We are to be all things. It's about, it's about challenging yourself where you know you could be pushing yourself a bit further or pulling yourself back a little. And if you're, you've got the awareness that that's something you should be doing, but you're not still physically doing it yet, that is your homework this week. And I love helping people with their introverted and extroverted social behaviour. That is so my game. Oh, no, you love this. I you do. do. Love I've got stuff. a big grin on my face. We should put the video up now because I've got, uh, you know, big cheeks of grins of smiles. I love helping people in that. So I choose my own energetic dance. If you want to come and dance with Jane and I in a bath of incredible electric spiritual energy, then you're going to have to be at the Gold Coast on the yes. 24th of September because Jane and I are going to be for the very, well, no, not, not the first time, very, very, very early in our Love Life oh journey. Oh, my gosh. We'd only be, we had like recorded. Like five or ten episodes. No, no. Like, I think it was like four or five episodes. And we actually were crazy. part of a larger convention at that point and we were ironically on stage in the Gold Coast. But this time we're doing it our way. We're doing Intimate. it solo. Intimate. We're doing it intimate we're doing it like seeing the show live but of course we're going to have some other really juicy stuff that you'd never normally experience in hearing a recording of, of love life that you're going to get to oh, bear I witness hope that to lots of people can join us because 
It's like our 200th episode. Yeah. That is massive. And I want them to be a part of it. I it's, think it's so beautiful. It's going to be a huge celebration. So if you want, if you don't already live in Queensland, gift yourself the holiday. We have a fantastic Love Life listener marketing guru expert up there who says that she can help with reduced costs on accommodation and stuff. If you want to get in touch with us, I'll put you in touch with her. If you want to make a holiday or a weekend out of She's it. She's fabulous. Take some Thank you, Sarah. Hello, Sarah. We love you, Sarah. Um, so we've got angels helping us, even from Melbourne, from Queensland. There's been people helping us behind the scenes to pull this together, like amazing style. So it's going to be bigger than Ben-Hur. You don't want to be anywhere else if you're a... Well, it's not going to be bigger than Ben-Hur because we want intimate. If, well, it's, yeah, that, but vibrationally powerful. Right. So if you are a gold standard, platinum holding, love life listener from way back, if you are a passionate member of the tribe, you really can't be anywhere else. So we expect to see you on the 24th. And just a reminder also that uh, Beck and I are also going to stay up there for a bit longer and do some private one-on-one sessions. If you guys want to shift your stuff and really, uh, you know, turbo boost it, then don't forget you can book in for those as well. After the show, private appointments for the next couple of days will be available. So until this time next week, go to lovelifeshow.com if you want to know any more about any of this or our Facebook page, which Which is is facebook.com forward slash Love Life Show. And until this time. And the private group. Let me know if you want to go in the private group. Just shoot us a message. And until this time next week, have fun analysing whether you are an introvert or an extrovert and pushing your own boundaries in a healthy way. Life is perfect, I'm not trying, it's just happening, and it's a beautiful day.